This episode contains depictions of torture in a medical setting, including electroshock therapy. If any of these topics are difficult in any way, please join us on another adventure. Thank you. I don't know how to start. Jesus Christ! It's a really long story about a traumatic event in my life. You've been talking about random shit for days now, and when the topic is actually important, you don't know how to start? The way you say that makes me think you already know the answer is yes. Start with Ben. But this isn't about Ben. Depending how you look at it, it is. I'm sure he thought it was. Everyone thinks the story of their life is about them. Not everyone. I didn't. I woke up on a gray bed with paper-thin sheets. I was wearing gray clothes, a long sleeve shirt, and long sleeve pants. One gray sock. They'd taken my prosthetic off while I was out. I guess they thought I could use it as a weapon. The room was shaped like a box, because that's what it was. There was a hole surrounded by tiles in one corner, which was supposed to be a toilet. On the wall opposite the door, there was a tiny square window with bars over it, close to the ceiling. I don't think I could have fit in there, even if I could have gotten to it. The sky was white when I woke up. It stayed that way until the sun set. That's the color all of my time in that room was. Black and white. I ran a hand over my head and discovered that they'd shaved my hair. It felt like the time I tried to pet a hedgehog as a child. Prickles one way, smooth the other way. I could feel the cold from my hand on my scalp. Vaguely, I wondered why they'd need to get rid of my hair. I chalked it up to some kind of psychological torture technique. Of course, later I found out there was a much more practical reason. They were planning to lobotomize all of us sooner or later, and shaving our heads right away helped them save precious time. They let me stew in that room until the sky turned black and white again. It was cold as shit. And I'm Siberian. I know cold like an old friend, but here's the thing. My baba used to say that Siberians aren't people who don't feel the cold. They're people who know how to deal with it. Which means we wear layers and cover our ears and stay inside in snowstorms. We don't sit under paper sheets with freshly shorn heads and one layer of clothes to protect us from the elements. The next morning, one of the men came in. Like the walls, sheets, and sock, he was gray. He leaned back against the wall, and we proceeded to have a conversation, where he talked, and I tried to stop shivering enough to not bite my tongue off. What's your name? he asked. I pulled my leg up to my chest and curled in a ball, trying to conserve my body heat. What's your name? It was so fucking cold in that room. He snapped his fingers and the door opened again. Another gray man came in, holding a bucket. I realized what was about to happen a second before it did, just quickly enough to find out what true horror feels like. I realized what the bucket meant and I screamed and then he dumped cold water on me in the bed. If I thought I was cold before, I'd been wrong. I felt like my skin was burning. I writhed in between my soaked sheets trying to remember how to breathe. 
The first man took a few steps towards me. He leaned down. This can go one of two ways. Either you talk and we give you a change of clothes, or you don't talk and you get woken up with water every day. The choice is yours. The union cares about your rights. I stuttered out a whisper around my violently shuddering teeth. He leaned closer. I slammed my skull into his nose. He fell back, screaming. I laughed as loudly as I could while dying of hypothermia. The second man got a syringe and stabbed it in my neck. The cold was replaced by darkness. Sasha 1, Russian military 0. I woke up again in a different room. This time I was on a medical exam table that had restraints built into it. My leg and arms were tied down. There were two small bits of leather securing my neck and forehead. I guess my first conversation with the men had made an impression. I'd been changed into dry clothes. I was too relieved to feel warm to worry about strange men undressing me while I was unconscious. There was another small barred window in this room. The sky outside was white. The door opened and the gray man walked in. His nose looked whole, so I knew it wasn't the one from before. He asked a different question, too. I wondered if each of the hundreds of men at the facility each had a question of their own that only he was allowed to ask. Do you know why you're here? This one asked. I looked at the ceiling. He took a step towards my table. Do you know why you're here? I bared my teeth at him. My whole mouth felt numb, probably from the sedative, but it felt good to snarl anyway. Russian kids never evolved far past wild animals. He flipped a switch on the wall that I thought was responsible for the lights. It was not for the lights. An electric current ran through my body, starting from my head. It hurt. Well, alright. The thing about pain is no one can really explain what it feels like because everyone has a different tolerance. What's awful for some is manageable for others. I prided myself on having a high pain tolerance. My father had hit me every week as long as I could remember. In high school I had a friend who wanted to try out stick and poke tattoos on me and I let them go at me with a needle and some ink, holding my arm or leg still for them to draw little flowers on my skin. The most reaction I ever had from that was laughing when they touched a ticklish spot. But more importantly than all of that, I'd lived without a leg for my whole life. My brain sometimes forgot the leg wasn't there, and it started hurting. Those phantom pains were constant and steady, in the back of my mind like an itch most days. They were easy to ignore at first, but they stacked up, day after day, for 18 years of my life. Living with that pain meant that I could withstand anything else. I thought I could. Anyway. The electric shock was 0.5 seconds of the worst pain I'd ever experienced. When I think of hell, I imagine that the worst of the sinners get electricity run through them, over and over, one bolt after the next, until they realized that the absence of electricity was an illusion, 
and that all there ever was and ever will be is their bodies shaking and the taste of blood in their mouths from tongues being bitten clean through. So you're saying it hurt? You're such a fucking asshole. I got a new routine in life. I woke up tight to the table. The sky was white. A gray man walked into the room. He asked me a question. I stared at him or grinned or sometimes I sang out some song my papa used to holler when he came home drunk. Black Raven or something like that, you know. I have a shit singing voice, so... What song? Oh, you know. Черный ворон, что ты вьешься? Yeah, I know. You all right? Tell the story. You sang? Not well. I sounded like shit, but it echoed, and to me at least it sounded better than a church choir. Every time, after I stared or grinned or sang, the gray man hit the switch, and I felt the worst pain of my life, and I passed out. There was only one change to the routine that I can remember, but I probably just dreamt it. Tell it. I remember waking up and the sky being black. It took me a second to realize what woke me up, and then I realized it was someone singing. Someone on the other side of the wall from me was singing an old folk song, I think it's called, Не для тебя, Not for you. Sounded like a boy's voice. It was lovely. I tried to say something, but my throat was too hoarse from all the blood. I hadn't had water in days. So I just listened and eventually I fell asleep. That was the only time in the weeks that I actually fell asleep instead of passing out. How long did your routine go on? A couple weeks, probably. I lost track of time. Felt like years. Eventually, one morning, I woke up back in the regular bed I'd first been in. There were no restraints. Even the paper sheets felt like a luxury. I curled into myself, and then the door opened, and he... You... Walked in. Ben, you walked into my room. I remember thinking you were the most beautiful man I'd ever seen. You're pathetic. Fuck you, I'm telling the story. What did he look like? Black hair, gray eyes. He had this stupid jacket with elbow patches. He had this way of staring at people that made them feel like they were the most important thing in the world to him. He didn't look Russian, with our high cheekbones, sunken eyes bullshit, you know, he looked different. You saw one British man and fell in love. I'll kick your mangy ass out of the car. I did not fall in love. He was very beautiful and I felt something. Horny, probably. Love. I don't think I've ever felt love, not the way people tell me it's supposed to feel, anyway. I'd been tortured repeatedly for half a month, and he was quite literally a sight for sore eyes. Go on. Ben, you... You crossed your arms like you didn't know what to do with them and stared at me. 
It was almost awkward. I felt like I needed to apologize for not making the torturing me experience easier for you. I was about to ask if I could get you anything when you spoke. You said... Hello, Alexandra. Do you speak English? I winced. That was never really my name. Even my mama, who named me, saw soon enough that it didn't really fit, but it's what it said on all my papers, so... For the first time in the facility, I talked. Maybe it was because I really like my name. Maybe it was because you didn't seem like one of the gray men, even if you did have their gray eyes. Maybe I just wanted to talk to someone, anyone. Maybe you were just that pretty. I rasped out, it's Sasha. You nodded awkwardly. You did everything awkwardly. It was painful to watch. I didn't stop watching. Sasha, I'm Ben. I said, I'd offer you a place to sit if I had one. Thank you. Why are you staring at me? I didn't even try to cover up the fact that I was about to start drooling over you. You're really hot. That's... <clears throat> um, that's... abrupt. Sorry, I've been having my brain fried for the past... Past. I think I lost my subtlety. You winced, then. I got the feeling you really felt bad about the whole thing. Not because it was cruel, but because it was impolite. Even then, it was clear your brand of cruelty would be much more palatable to a general audience. I am sorry about that, you said. I tried telling them it wouldn't get you to cooperate. What made you say that? You seem stubborn. The stare was back, gazing into my soul with your stupid fucking eyes. I don't think you would have given up until they made you catatonic. I smiled. Well, Russians don't surrender. The men at this facility are Russian, too. Hence why we're at the stalemate. You smiled. Sasha, can you tell me why you're here? I drummed my fingers along the stump of my right leg. I considered all my options. There weren't many, and none of them were good. Get me a prosthetic and I'll tell you, I said. Your eyes widened. Oh, God, yes. Of course. I didn't realize you were missing your leg. Of course you can get a prosthetic. Did you have one before? Yes, but something tells me it may have broken on the way here. Right. Your eyes narrowed again, and the concern was replaced by a more honest emotion on you, wariness. If I do this for you, you'll answer my question? I put up my right hand. Swear to God. You nodded and left the room. The next day, there was a prosthetic leg on the foot of my bed when I woke up. It was a shittier make and model than the one I'd painstakingly repaired and tightened myself over years, but... It was a leg. Leg is better than no leg. You're so wise. I know, it hurts my head sometimes. After I put the leg on and managed to walk around the room without falling, you came in again. I sat down on the bed and told you about the university and the guy and the thorns coming out of the holes where his eyes had been. You took notes. Thank you, Sasha. You said. I have a feeling this can be the start of a meaningful partnership. Your nose is bleeding. Is it? Fuck, I didn't notice. Maybe that's enough story for today.
The sky's getting dark. You can sleep. And let the wild animal drive my truck. Since when is it yours? Fair point. Wake me up if I start screaming. No. This episode of Go I Know Not Withers stars Thomas Malinowski, Rose Madsen, and Tessa Padromo. It is written by Thomas Malinowski and edited by Olivia Spreen. Cover art is by our friend Sasha. You can find them on Instagram at at an art post a week. Special thanks to our patrons, Tessa Padromo, James Harper, Jennifer Parlett, and John Ashley Mulvaney. Also, thank you to Vals Vinyatskovsky. If you'd like to support Go I Know Not Wither and any future podcasts, check us out on our Patreon and on our Instagram at at Malinowski and Spreen. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Be extremely careful around British people. Proceed at your own risk. We'll see you next time as we go we know not whither to find we know not what.